Post number seven, the Team USA Selection Grade Report. I wanted to start today's post by acknowledging one giant fact. When it comes to selecting the United States roster for the upcoming World Championships, there's no one more qualified than John Donowski, Seth Tierney, Joe Amplo, and Charlie Toomey. These men led Team USA to gold in 2018 and have been keeping a watchful eye on the roster since their, their plane returned from Israel. While I do not envy the drama and heartbreak that comes with the final selection, I'm completely envious of the staff and the opportunity to coach the world's best players on the game's biggest stage. Some sports fans like to play Monday morning quarterback. I like to play Monday morning general manager. So selecting the team for, for the, with the best players in the world sounds like great fun for me, especially when it involves the, not having the pressure of winning the gold. When I decided to start this blog, I was most excited about the opportunity to write about professional lacrosse from a coach's point of view. Most everyone in the media that covers lacrosse is a former player or avid fan of the sport. I read and listen to almost all of you. While I enjoy the current landscape of college lacrosse, there is definitely a need for more of a coach's perspective. There are a few former and current coaches that are covering the sport. As a coach myself, I find their thoughts on the game to be what interests me the most. So with that being said, I've been watching the selection of Team USA with a close eye. If you are an avid reader of this blog, you know that in post number three, I selected my team. Today I'm going to go position by position and grade the coaching staff on their selections. I hope you enjoy it. Goalie. I gave the coaches an A. My selections were Blaze Reardon and Kyle Burnlore. Team USA's selections were Blaze Reardon and Jack Kelly. I love what Coach Janowski and his staff did with the goalies. When I chose my squad, I saved all of my human element factors for the D-Midi position. More on that later. So with goalies, it came down to saving the ball and who can outlet it quickly and accurately. No one can convince me that Kyle Burnlore isn't good enough to make this team. Most could make a legitimate argument that he should be the starter. I think burn lore is incredible, but you know what else is incredible? Loyalty and honoring a player that did right by you. Jack Kelly was primed to be the starter in goal back in 2018 in Israel. While at the 2018 games, Kelly unfortunately suffered a severe knee injury and was sidelined for over a year. I was not in Israel that summer, but I think it's safe to assume that Kelly responded in a way the coaches never forgot. I applaud the coaches for their loyalty and for honoring a player that gave his best to the team five years ago. Now let me be clear that this was not a sympathy pick. Jack Kelly is one of the best goalies in the world and one of the best goalies the game's seen over the past 10 years. When he is on, he is on. Thanks to a coaching friend, I was reminded that he's also right-handed, which gives Team USA one righty and one lefty. Moving on to the selection of Blaze Reardon, there's not much to say. He's a gamer and the best goalie in the world. I think this position as a whole is an upgrade from the 2018 roster, and that's a testament to how good Blaze is, not a knock on John Galloway. Next up, the face-off. I gave the coaches an A. My selections were Tra Trevor Baptiste and Joe Nardella. Team USA chose Trevor Baptiste and TD Erlen. I would like to think that had it not been for the injury to Joe Nardella, he would have made the roster. While it's hard to argue that Trevor Baptiste isn't the number one guy here, there's just something about Joe Nardella. Nardella is as tough as they come, he's as competitive as they come, and he's a flat-out winner. He's a coach's dream at the X. 
On top of all of that, Nardello presents the ability for Team USA to strike off of a faceoff. There's no bigger momentum starter in the game of lacrosse than a goal off the faceoff, and Nardello would provide a lot of chances for Team USA. Also, Nardella is built to outscrap Jake Withers. Unfortunately, we'll have to wait and see if any of this comes to fruition down the road. My heart breaks for Nardella. As far as TD Erling goes, it's hard to argue with his career dominance, but he is coming off a subpar summer by his standards. Furthermore, when you watch him against Withers and post-clamp loose balls, he struggles a bit. I still think the tandem of Erlen and Baptiste is an advantage for Team USA, but Nards would have been nice to have. As for Baptiste, he's the best face-off man in the world and a complete dog. I'm glad he was born in the USA. Next up, short-stick defensive midfield. I give the coaches an A+. My selections were Danny Logan, Zach Goodrich, Ty Warner, and Matt Witcher. Team USA selected Danny Logan, Zach Goodrich, Ryan Tarafanko, and Jake Richard. If you read my first post on Team USA, you already know that I think this short-stick defensive midfield position is the most important position on the field. You need to be able to win your one-on-one matchup, and on top of that, you need to be great off-ball defender too. Once that part of the job is done, you have to be great in the clear, and it helps if you can score in transition. Oh, by the way, you need to be a menace on ground balls and a force when switching picks. The guys that can consistently do all of that are the most valuable players in the world. I really think that the coaching staff got this right. I would have included Ty Warner, but in order to do that, I would have had the left Terrafanko at home. Everything I've heard about Ryan Terrafanko supports his selection. He seems like a generational locker room guy that is universally loved by both his coaches and his teammates. You can't leave a guy like that off the roster. As far as Jake Richard's selection goes, his name was one that immediately caught my eye. Truth be told, I didn't see that coming, but I should have. I essentially made the exact same pick. The selection of Jake Richard is the equivalent of me selecting Matt Witcher for the same spot. Richard is underrated and tough as nails. He checks a lot of the boxes for my selection criteria, including being as competitive as they come and being a coach. He's also 100% Joe Amplo's guy, which I think matters too. I told my readers in my first post about Team USA that if I was going to coach one game for the gold medal, I'd take Matt Witcher. He is my guy, and I know exactly what I'm going to get. Well, Jake Richard is Joe Amplo's guy, and he's coaching the team, not me, and I love it. Zach Goodrich and Danny Logan are as good as it gets, and if Team USA wins the gold, I believe these two guys are going to have a lot to do with it. The coaching staff also selected four short sticks, while back in 2018 they only picked three. This is another move that I not only approve of, but thought was a must going into selecting my team. Great job, men. A+. Next to the defense. I also gave the coaches another A+. My selections were Matt Dunn, Jack Rowlett, Liam Burns, Eddie Glazner, Mike Earhart, and Jake Bernhardt. Team USA selected Matt Dunn, Jack Rowlett, Liam Burns, JT Giles-Harris, Mike Earhart, Jesse Bernhardt. I went five out of six here with my selections, and in all honesty, the USA roster upgraded with athleticism and another cover by including Giles Harris. I had Eddie Glazner as the last pole. I selected Glazner because of his off-ball defense and his vocal presence. Perhaps I put too much stock in a top-tier off-ball defender. Of all the poles in the player pool, I know the least about Giles Harris. It's obvious he's a great cover, and he's as good as college pedigree as anyone you could have selected. 
This group of poles has the right blend of lacrosse IQ, athleticism, tenacity, and composure. I see Dunn on Teat, Rowlett on Byrne, and Burns on the, as the off-ball mastermind of Coach Amplo's defensive game plan. Big Mike Earhart and Jesse Bernhardt are the perfect combo to defend Dane Smith and Zach Courier. This is a great group, and I love all of the selections. Moving on to the offense, I give the coaches a B+. My selections were Matt Rambo, Michael Sowers, Marcus Holman, Kieran McCardle, Tom Schreiber, Ryan Ambler, Brad Smith, Matt Moore, and Brendan O'Neill. Team USA selected Matt Rambo, Michael Sowers, Rob Pinnell, Kieran McCardle, Tom Schreiber, Charlie Bertrand, Ryan Conrad, Connor Kelly, and Brendan O'Neill. If I was coaching Team USA in a tie game, the gold medal on the line, here are the six guys I'm throwing out, out there. Tom Schreiber, Ryan Ambler, Kieran McCardle, Matt Rambo, Michael Sowers, and Marcus Holman. This group complements each other so well and is the right blend of dodger, passer, scorer, and what I call the one-sixth factor. Let me define the one-sixth factor for you. There are plays that happen on offense without the ball in your stick that can be more valuable than anything you can do with it in your stick. A perfectly timed cut or seal, or knowing when to pick, how to pick, and all that comes after that pick, are examples of great one-sixth plays. If you ever hear of someone saying, quote, Player X just always seems to be in the right place at the right time, end quote. Chances are it's not just dumb luck. The guy just knows how to play his role in a good team offense. Marcus Holman, Eric Law, Ryan Drenner are all examples of guys that I thought about choosing when I selected my team. They are all great one-sixth guys. In 2018, John Haas, Ned Crotty filled this role for the Stars and Stripes. I'm not sure there's a clear-cut guy for this role in 2023 roster. I want to start with the omission of Ryan Ambler. Before we go too far into this, I need to be clear. I am not related to Ryan Ambler. I've never coached Ryan Ambler. And in fact, I've never even met Ryan Ambler. I just love the way he plays. Leaving Ambler off the roster was an obvious choice because he was not even in the player pool. And I think the fact that he wasn't in the player pool and didn't sniff the PLL top 50 list makes a more compelling case as to why he should make this team. His whole game is being great at the things that go unseen. In 2018, Team USA relied too much on alley dodges, which led to unassisted shots from Paul Rabel, Schreiber, and Matt Donowski. The duo Jordan Wolf and Rob Pinnell gave you isolation options from behind the goal as well. On the other side of the ball, Team Canada was able to generate shots from inside the paint. Whether it was Curtis Dixon on a perfect backdoor cut against Joe Fletcher or Ben McIntosh on an off-ball cut, these two unheralded players generated shots from the highest percentage locations on the field. I think this is what inserting Ambler into the lineup would have given the Team USA offense. Since Ambler wasn't even a possible roster pick, let's look at who they took in that spot instead. Charlie Bertrand. One of the most glaring takeaways from this exercise of picking Team USA is that there are not enough left-handed midfielders in America. Back in 2018, when the U.S. put their top six out there, they were all natural righties. I still cannot believe they managed to do that and still win the gold. It looks as though I was not the only one that wanted to add more lefties to the lineup in 2023. Charlie Bertrand gives you a lefty with great size that has the ability to score with the ball as a dodger, but also off the ball. I was not at the USA tryout, so I wasn't able to see what he looks like outside the Redwoods offense. My guess is that he played well in the systems that Seth Tierney was installing. Similar to Giles Harris instead of Glazer on the defensive end, 
Bertrand gives the lineup more athleticism and size than Ambler would. I just hope he can bring the 1-6 factor with him. One name that I was surprised to see when the rosters first came out was that of Ryan Conrad. The more I thought about Conrad's selection, the more I loved it. Conrad has won everywhere he's been. He is the kid at recess that wins no matter what game is being played. On top of that, he can run for days. He's the fastest and most athletic and doesn't seem to tire out. This will be valuable in June on short rest. I think the Ryan Conrad as a two-way player narrative is a bit played out. I'm not convinced that he's as good at defense as people make him out to be, but he does have experience on that end of the field and is a punt return clear on demand. This could be vital in terms of versatility in the player pool rounds. Keeping guys like Danny Logan and Tom Schreiber healthy and fresh will be important. And with one guy, you can accomplish both. On the offensive end, Conrad's going to garner attention as a Dodger. And by the end of the summer, he had developed crazy chemistry with Kira McArdle off the ball. I actually think that Ryan Conrad is a better extra man offense finisher than he is a short stick defensive midfielder. And I think that speaks volumes in terms of his versatility and why he's a great pick. For what it's worth, I chose Brad Smith for this spot. He dodges poles all summer as the whip snakes number one and does it well. I think the coaches favored Conrad's versatility, and I can't argue with that. The next spot that the coaches and I differed was with Connor Kelly. I had selected Matt Moore in this spot, and I think it was for the same reasons that they chose Kelly. I went with Moore for two reasons. He has chemistry with Schreiber and the versatility to play attack if needed. As far as the righties go, Schreiber and Conrad are midfielders. They are the most dangerous out of the box and making short sticks cover in open space. Pinnell is an attackman who is at his best working behind the goal. So with your final two spots, being able to swing them from midfield to attack may prove to be important. Connor Kelly has played in big moments at both attack and midfield, and it should be noted that he is also at his best in those big moments. Kelly has the clutch gene. When it seemed as though the water dogs were dead in the water, time and time again he made big plays. Selecting a clutch player that can flex between midfield and attack seems like a good choice to me. The last pick where coaches and I differed is one that I could debate for a while. They went with the veteran Rob Pinnell, and I chose the veteran Marcus Holman. I do believe this roster is missing a pure scorer. Rambo and McCardle are all but automatic from 8 to 10 yards, but that isn't necessarily their role. Marcus Holman has a knack for getting open in the slot, and his quick release with accuracy makes him elite. While I don't think this team has, will have a hard time scoring goals, I do think it's going to be a little harder with the absence of a pure scorer. This comes back to my point earlier about generating the highest percentage shots possible. Marcus Holman is a career 35% shooter with 288 goals as a pro. When you compare that to Pinnell's 27%, Kelly's 23%, Schreiber's 27%, Rambo's 28%, it seems like a compelling case for Holman. Now you may say, well, shooting percentage is higher because of how he plays the game or where he gets his shots from. Well, that's my entire case as to why he's needed in the lineup. As for Rob Pinnell, I've been watching Pinnell play with his heels on the end line and thus allowing his defender to eat valuable real estate around GLA too many times. If Pinnell can play, play, play closer to the back line of the crease and manipulate his off-ball defender prior to his dodge, then I say let's go. 
If he's going to stay deep at X and look to catch it off of alley dodges and feed, then I would rather replace him with a 35% shooter that doesn't really want the ball in a stick for very long. As far as the offense goes, a lot has changed in five years, and the roster reflects that. There are less long dodgers on this roster, but no less of playmakers. The fact that there was one true lefty on the offense in 2018 still boggles my mind. The 2023 lineup is balanced and versatile. I'd expect to see Michael Sowers and Brendan O'Neill coming out of the box a lot. I suspect that's why these two guys made the roster and Grant Amen and Logan Wisnowskis did not. They are just matchup nightmares for Team Canada. Imagine coming out of a huddle and having to figure out matchups for Rambo, McCardle, and Pinnell, and then Schreiber, Sowers, and O'Neill. Sheesh. This brings me to the, back to the point I made earlier. While I wouldn't want to be the one to have to tell the guys who didn't make it, I would love to coach the offense with the guys who did. My overall grade for the Team USA selection is an A. Overall, I really don't think the coaches could have done much better. Believe me, for the sake of the blog, I would have enjoyed telling you everywhere they went wrong, but that's just not the case. There can be arguments made for a ton of players that were not selected. Heck, I made the case for two guys that were not even in the selection pool. Grant Amen is an incredible player who's capable of playing for Team USA. Ty Warner is unbelievable. Kyle Bernlor is the PLL Goalie of the Year. And Garrett Apple led the PLL and caused turnovers. There are compelling cases to be made for the many, and the list can go on and on. What I will say is that the roster addresses the criteria that I set prior to making the selection. You have the best of the best with Schreiber, Baptiste, Earhart, and Reardon. You have the balance of righties and lefties on offense, as well as good balance of veterans and the new stars of the game. You have extremely competitive guys with pedigrees of winning. This roster includes, includes cerebral guys like Dunn and Schreiber, as well as gritty guys like McCardle and Bernhardt. Guys like Rambo and Rowlett that will get the guys laughing when needed, but will also demand better of the group when that's needed. This roster has all the ingredients of a winning team. To wrap things up, I would like to point out what this roster selection teaches the next generation of Team USA players. To get to the top, you've got to earn it, and it's never too late to start earning it. The Ty Zanders recruit rankings, the PLL Top 50 list, and ACC scholarships are not the end-all be-all. Oftentimes, they don't even get it right. This roster has two players from Marquette, two players from Albany, a player from Merrimack, and a player from St. John's on it. In addition, Trevor Baptiste was originally committed to Franklin and Marshall and Rob Pinnell to Quinnipiac. So if you are a young kid out there with a dream of making Team USA, keep working and keep chasing your dream. You may not be a premier club team, or maybe you just got cut from one of them. Maybe you're the only kid in your town with a lacrosse stick and a dream. This roster and the coaches who selected it are telling you loud and clear, keep dreaming, keep working, and down the road, you may just earn yourself a spot on Team USA. Yours in lacrosse, Brandon. Looking ahead, in my next post, I'm going to look back at the 2022 year in lacrosse.